to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paint, Rest, Repeat. This time, we're going to be chatting about whether or not it's okay to copper, cop, bleh, bleh, to copper. <laughs> I'm going to keep going to copy other people's works, artworks. Yep. <laughs> Is that messy? That's fine. I reckon our listeners will understand. Yeah, I think if you've been listening for a little while, you know that we're more about just putting things out there, taking messy action, so, and having a laugh along the way. <laughs> That's it. We're just, you know, progress over perfection, just get it done, peeps. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess this is a huge topic. We were just sort of, like, putting together concepts before we press record, and, yeah, I think that this is going to be meaty, and I don't know, it might be a two-parter. It's a good one. So I have, if for those of you listening or watching who don't know how I roll, I have a mind map here. So I operate by mind map because that's how my brain really looks. <laughs> it's probably actually is a mind map inside my head. And we've got a couple of things noted down. We're thinking of you, though, specifically, our listeners, about where you're probably coming from. And it's probably thinking, you know, am I allowed to copy an artwork that I see on Pinterest? Am I allowed to sell that artwork or how much do I need to change that artwork before it's okay to sell it? Am I allowed to go to a workshop either in person or online and create that artwork, have it on display? Can I sell it? Again, the same sort of thing, like where is the line there? And I think it's a really good juicy topic because as artists, we really respect other artists. And so we want to be doing the right thing by everyone, but we also want to enjoy the art. Like we, I want to go to workshops and do courses and our listeners will be feeling the same. But where is that line? Yeah, there's so many ways that we could take this conversation, but I think it might be helpful to sort of start with like what is copyright and like what is intellectual property and those sorts of things in terms of the arts and transitioning into professional practice. Some people may not have been to art school or have knowledge around copyright and what the laws are. And it may be specific to different countries as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, see, I had thought, like actually even prior to this recording, I had thought that you had to register your artwork under copyright law, but it's not true because we've done our research now and you don't. So in Australia, you don't. And by the way, if you are based in Australia, there is an organisation, I think it's called Australian Arts Law, and it's you can be a member and they keep you up to date on various things and they have lots of good information in there as well. But yes, you don't have to register your artworks for them to have copyright. But well, we did some research as well around the difference between copyright and intellectual property. And so intellectual property is the security, the safety. Protection. Protection, thank you, around an idea. And then copyright is the protection around something that has a form. So it might be an idea that you've turned into an artwork or an idea that you've turned into a podcast recording or an idea that you've turned into a video 
course as well. So that's the difference between intellectual property and copyright. Yeah. So visual or audio form. So musicians have copyright to their original music. And in terms of like us, like visual artists and painters, we own the copyright to our paintings. Mm -hmm. And that would include digital art, I'm sure, as well. It must, even though it's not physical and tangible, it still has a visual form. So we were talking about this sort of copyright stuff. And we were talking also before recording about our beliefs around this, because I find Anyway, I won't go into it too much, but I find that I'm quite susceptible to other people's ideas and really quite open-minded, but I keep on coming back to what I believe. And around this imitation sort of stuff and around this idea of looking at other artworks and whether you can copy it, whether you can sell it, I believe that our art is a mix-up of everything that we've experienced before. So it's a mix-up of the art we made as a kid. It's like it combines in there any online courses we've done, any education as well at uni or anything. It's a it's a combination of all of those things. I don't think we operate in a silo. So I think it is okay to take that external influence and add that to your collection of influences. What do you think? And it's a collection of your tastes as well. Like over time, like you're picking things, you're like, I like this. And we're like always changing, aren't we? So you're picking from different things that you've picked up along the way. So for me, yeah, from primary school to like pop culture to going to yeah like different musical influences different visual inputs galleries shows going to art school trying and testing different things figuring out my likes my dislikes and then sort of weaving my path along the way and whatever piques my interest I'll explore and have like build upon my curiosities I think, you know, if we are talking about imitating other people's work and then putting like a commercial aspect on top of it, that's when we can get into the territory of like copyright infringements and things like that. If we are sort of doing a workshop and we're reproducing another artist's work in that workshop, and then we're taking that visual imagery and it being very similar, similar colors, similar style, similar brush strokes. You know, when we're, when we're putting work out that is imitated in that way, unless you have written permission from the artist to reproduce that work and make money from that as well, then that is like an infringement and that artist has the right to take legal action. Yeah. It's such a tricky one, isn't it? Because I haven't resolved it. So personally, as a someone who runs, has courses and all of that and our, my membership as well. So incredibly open conversation here. But in my workshops, I will teach an artwork, which is a teaching artwork. It's not from my own art practice. And then I won't, it won't be for sale. My artwork won't be for sale anywhere. And I haven't set any boundaries around what my beautiful art members and course participants can or can't do with that artwork. And I just think, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm unresolved around it. So maybe your lesson plans, like you're creating lesson plans and it's not, you know, sort of replicating your personal practice, but you're showing them techniques and skills, but 
the intellectual property would be yours because you've come up with the idea for that class or that workshop. So I feel like if someone was imitating that, then they're infringing on your intellectual property. Say that they were going to teach a workshop and it's like the exact like lesson plan that you've developed and created. Oh, if they copied my workshop plan, yes, 100%. But what about the output, like the artwork that would be an output? So if our listeners did an online course and they produced, they followed a tutorial and they produced an artwork from that tutorial, they produced it, right? Because that it was their brush in their paint. What then? What do you think? Like, can you sell that artwork? Even if you weren't selling it, could you share it on social media? Would you have to say this was from this tutorial? I feel like it is etiquette to reference wherever you find thoughts, ideas, concepts, or learn to skill. Like I think that is very respectful and I think it is just, you know, sort of, I feel like most artists will share where they're getting their concepts and their ideas and referencing the where they've gotten those concepts or gotten that style from. Or And so I would say, following along those lines, I would then say if you want to sell that artwork that you should ask the artist or the mentor's permission. And I feel like they're likely to say yes, I feel like, especially if you do credit, like credit them a little bit and say this was created during this course by X artist. What do you think? Yeah, because it's promotion for what they're doing and especially if teaching is part of their income stream, then I think it's quite nice to like share that support and awareness of, you know, the teacher that is teaching the workshop. Okay. All right, everybody, that topic is now resolved. (laughs) No way. Hi guys, it's Roz here. I'm just interrupting this episode to let you know about my Art for the Heart membership, a beautiful community for gorgeous creatives of all abilities. Art for the Heart is designed to reconnect you with yourself through art. It will have you developing your skills, confidence, and self-belief too. If you haven't picked up a paintbrush since school, or perhaps you have painted more recently and would like to upskill and connect with other creatives, Art for the Heart is for you. Head on over to www.permissiontopaint.co-afh to find out more. Elizabeth Gilbert says in her book, Big Magic, you must imitate before you innovate. So I think there's a whole lot of learning and history behind any great work of art and nothing is original. It's all been done before. And I think that concept can hold people back in some way when we're wanting to approach an art practice and they have a great idea and they want to sort of pursue it. And these are, yeah, I mean, these are concepts from her book. If you haven't read Big Magic, I think we've referenced Big Magic. Yes, all the time. We love it. (laughs) It's very accessible as well. Like I think some art books are quite complex and abstract, funnily enough. But, yeah, that can be a block for some artists, like saying that, you know, oh, it's all been done before, so, like, why? But I think when you're learning, it is so good to try different styles and imitate like try things on for a little while. But yeah, it is, I feel internally, we know the line. Like I think most people could identify 
when their work is too close to another artist or if you're copying, you know, a certain style. Okay, so I've got one for you. Many moons ago, I ran a single online painting workshop and it was like a live Zoom style thing and it was watercolours, watercolour botanicals. And I, last minute, I'm like, ah, what am I going to teach? And I found an artwork. It was a digital artwork by a like a business sort of friend of mine. And I said, oh, that's really pretty and totally achievable. And I asked her and I said, is it okay if I use this as inspiration for the workshop? And she said, yes, that's totally fine. But I've forgotten where I'm going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you asked permission. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so I think that that... That's okay. Yeah. If we're able to seek inspiration in other artists' work. So my point was that even if I asked, I felt uncomfortable about it. So I think sometimes we don't all have that perfect radar is what I'm saying. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's how you were raised. I was raised to be guilty about everything, everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> then Okay, so it, it is different people's backgrounds and histories and how they respond and see the world. But I think like when we're thinking about that sort of master and apprentice and like copying the the greats, like I think it's just been something that has carried through art history, hasn't it? You know, they were copying like, and that's part of the art market now too, those copies actually for sale. So there is some, apparently, apparently this is not law, 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 but apparently there is some sort of a hundred year thing. So if the artist has passed away more than a hundred years ago or copyright or whatever is released or something like that. So then it can be reduced, uh, reproduced, not reduced. <laughs> reduced. <laughs> 50% off Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I did want to mention as well, we were just talking about, yeah, that that sort of line and how to sort of follow your gut around whether or not you're doing the right thing, essentially. I often recommend to my students to do as many courses as they possibly can, you know, like take in all these different styles and approaches and learn as much as you can, because I think that sets you up then to grab this bit from this artist, this bit from that artist. And you get to then put it all together, like you said before filming, actually, through your own lens and then create a style or, you know, artwork that is truly you. And I think the other one that is important is to pop that lens of your values as well over the top so that your artwork is not just a style, it's not just paint on canvas, but it's or whatever medium and substrate you use, but it is you know, it's got a message that's personal to you and it helps, you know, your art is having the impact that you want it to have. So there's more to it than just the simple techniques that you're learning in a workshop. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think, guess it's like the intention behind it, isn't it? You're like, what are you creating this artwork for? Because maybe even some people are just creating art as their therapy and it doesn't matter, like, if they are copying other artist styles and replicating it very closely. I think if it's for your personal practice and there's no like commercial aspect to it, I feel like that's okay. I think Austin Cleon in his book, Steal Like an Artist, talks about that. I think it's his book. 
And he talks about copying the masters to exceptional detail, like really copying them, using the same medium, trying to achieve exactly the same outcome. And that's for your education. You don't do anything with that artwork. You could probably, I'm sure you could put it up on your own wall at home. I'm sure that's fine. I think. Do you think that's fine? Yeah, 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 definitely. But it's for your education. And then you might use some of those skills. Like if you're, I don't know, painting, I don't know, what is it? Like oils, realistic oils or something. You use some of those skills then to paint something else that's more aligned with your style and your message as well that you want your art to convey. That was one of the subjects that we did when I was in art school. We copied the master. So we just chose an artwork. I did Roy Lichtenstein. I don't know how I spell Lichtenstein. I'm part German. Is he German? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It sounds <laughs> German. So I think it is relevant. Like if you're doing it for your own education and growth, if it's personal, you can, if you're doing a workshop just to learn, you can come out from that workshop, have that finished piece of work. It's replicating another artist style, but you could gift it to a friend. You could hang it in your own house. I think that is all very relevant and very important for your growth. It's just when the line, like when it changes over with that commercial aspect and putting money behind it, trying to sell a copy. I think level one, though, is claiming that it's entirely yours, maybe. And then level two is the money. Mm -hmm. So whereas we're not talking about copyright, strictly copyright, but just almost like ownership. But then that's the funny thing, right? Because if you paint the painting, if you go to a workshop, you paint the painting, you did that. Yeah, you created it with your own hand and it's your unique twist on it. But like even if you did it with your own hand, if you put them side by side, potentially you could replicate it quite well. So I feel like that's the line. Like it's all the similarities and whether you're trying to pass it off as your own unique concept and style. Yeah, concept. So you made the physical thing, but the concept and the idea wasn't your own. Ooh, idea, intellectual property rather than copyright. Oh, so good. Full circle just there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're listening and you agree with us or disagree, we'd actually love to continue the conversation as well. So Drop us a DM. Tell us what you think. We love this topic. It's something that comes up a lot in our own DMs with other people as well. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Happy to debate with you. It is a sticky subject. It really is. And then when we come into like the world of social media and information being easily accessible to us and like there's this wealth of like visual imagery that we can potentially copy from and bigger corporations going into Pinterest boards, picking out original artworks from independent artists and then them replicating it on their products, in their prints and all of that. Like there's a whole lot of sort of messy water like when, you know, that comes into play. Definitely. And I just say avoid, you know, to my mentoring clients. I had a session the other day and my client was asking me about where do I get images that I can use for my art that's not going to, you know, upset anybody. And I said, her own photographs. I said, you can also go onto Facebook. There's Facebook groups that have artworks that everyone releases the copyright to, and you can use them for your own artworks. 
And I also said, I'm curious what you think about this, was um, that website called Unsplash. Yeah. Is it Unsplash or Upsplash? It is Unsplash. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's fine because they say these artworks for you. It would be great if you could, what's the word, credit us, but you don't have to is what they say. So it's up to you whether you wanted to do that. So they're my my go-to recommendations for playing it safe. You can also like Google like copyright free imagery as well. Mm -hmm. There you go. Four options. Go for it, people. (laughs) And then the other one obviously is not copying those images straight up, you know, so you still steal in a safe way, happy, (laughs) steal bits from various images and then you put it together in your own way. And as long as they're all copyright free and yeah, I think that's all, that's a good way to go. So you make your own changes to the work Some of my graphic stencils and my graphic styles, it can look kind of similar to like textile designs that are out there. But yeah, that's it comes back to that it's all been done before, isn't it? Because I've drawn it with my own hand and I modify designs and I do work from nature and it is like a bit of a mishmash or a remix of like different elements. So even looking up the copyright definition and all of that earlier on, it was saying that there is no copyright around a style or an idea because that's intellectual property. But I just think it's so, so I'm looking at this artwork behind you and I can see if you are listening, by the way, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you hop over to YouTube so you can see what I'm talking about and how it's a negative space style painting. A lot of people use negative space style painting. So no one owns, there's no copyright around that technique. So I just, you know, it's such a, it's such a funny one, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I said. Like it, it is that muddy water or yeah, it does. (laughs) There's so many different lines. So what's the deal then? You just go by your gut. You do everything you can. You do everything you can to set yourself up not to be breaking any rules. So if you do something in a workshop with someone else, you make sure you credit them. If you want to sell it, you make sure you ask them. If you're using inspirational images, make sure you're using copyright-free images. And that's it. We're good to go. Everybody, that's it. Ding, 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 ding. Good to go. That's it. We've solved it. End of the day. (laughs) It's home time. Can I drop a bit of a bomb? I love bombs. Go meet well. I don't think we've talked about Andy Warhol yet and how he used the Campbell logo without permission. So he reproduced the Campbell soup. So that design was designed by another designer, like the actual printed label that was on the soup can. And he created like lots of different silk screens and it was, he didn't change the label in any way. It was just representative of the Campbell's soup can. So yeah, I think. The real product. Yeah. (laughs) So, but the Campbell's soup company approved the use of that because in the end, even though he created it without permission because of all the free marketing that they were receiving. And you think about this, right? If he had done the same thing at the start of his art career, what, you know, Campbell's would have thought about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just sort of, so I guess he was, the concept was, yeah, just representing an everyday item and he was putting it into the art world. But that was created with without permission. 
and now, you know, it's iconic. Yeah, but he's naughty, naughty. But, uh, no. well, <laughs> but maybe also that's, that's risk-taking, right, risk-taking in your art and your art business, like your approach to being an artist. Yeah, but I guess if you want to set up. <laughs> Should we encourage people? Uh, probably not. No, no, we shouldn't. Check your copyrights. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something noted down here from chatting earlier. And I wanted to ask you if you do this or if you're going to do this and whether you think I should do this. At the start of your workshops, you mentioned this idea, so I'm just sort of opening the topic. At the start of your workshops, do you have like an opening statement about the artworks that people create from your workshops? Oh, well, some of my workshops, so my nurture workshop is creating without an expected outcome. So that's actually more intuitive and we're just sort of picking different tools and doing different textures and things like that. And it's a bit more like yeah, healing-based and things like that. And by the way, just head over to Laura's website to book yourself in for a session. <laughs> but my new workshop that I'm developing is the um, negative space painting. We're using my stencils and my motifs. So when we were doing research for this podcast episode, I realized that if I'm going to be teaching a style that's similar to work that I've created before, I need to have like a little clause. Yeah, I guess so. Like a clause or a statement at the start of a workshop explaining that this is my style. I'm teaching you a technique. What you walk away with, the finished canvas is intended purpose is for personal use. So you can gift it to a friend and you can hang it up on your wall at home, but because it's representative of my style, it can't be sold commercially. But the techniques that you're learning can be used, I guess, in their practice. So they can still go and use like the negative space style painting, but using their own motifs, for example. Yeah. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier. So it's jam-packed with your skills. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting one to navigate, isn't it? Yeah. I think that, like, I think you should do that and I think you need to do that because it's, rep- like, it's similar to your, well, it is your style So and it's your art. So really, you know, theoretically, if somebody cop- came to your workshop and then s- continued with that exact process using your motifs and sold their art, they'd be doing you out of business, literally. Like that is not on. So I think that you definitely need to have that clause in there. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Should I do the same? (laughs) (laughs) I can't do the same. Well, yeah, yours is more lesson plans. So yeah, the intellectual property and the lesson people like it, they should not copy. Oh, the lesson itself. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Our listeners won't be interested in that. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, there might only be like yeah, a small percentage of listeners that workshop facilitators. But I guess it's just more about like where that line is in terms of copying other people's work and what you can put out there publicly, referencing any artists that you've used as inspiration for your artworks, referencing like if you're posting on Instagram a painting that you created at a workshop, referencing the artists that you did the workshop with and just being like overall like respectful and like a good human, I think. Yeah, I was just going to say a good a good person because 
And also you think energetically, and I haven't studied kinesiology, but I think about the energy there as well. So if you're going to build up another artist's name, it's just the whole karma and the whole thing around that. So, And if you are trying to like build your unique style and make a career out of art and really, you know, build your brand, find your unique voice and things like that. I think we were talking with Ange Miller and we were sort of touching on that energetic element like you referred to and that you know sort of accessing that authentic flow and that that state that so if you are approaching your work and you're like oh I see this successful person on Instagram and their style is really popular and they sell a lot of work I'm going to just copy that style and like do that and then I'll become like a famous artist and it's like people like that energy translate And I think that that you're going to have trouble forging a career by like actually, you know, setting out with the intention to copy someone else's art practice. And I think by all means, if that style intrigues you, copy to learn how that style works and how the process works. And then it's like a little feather you put in your cap, um, as my mum would say, a little feather in your cap. You've learned that style, you know how that works, and then you move on because I think it has to come from your heart and it has to be, you know, like I say, your voice and what you want, the impact you want your art to have is a really big one that I'm focusing on at the moment with my clients. Yeah, and if you're doing it with the intention to learn and build on your skills and things like that, like Ros said before, do lots and lots and lots of workshops and follow that curiosity and follow those little threads of inspiration because that's when your unique style like formulates, doesn't it? It's just picking bits here. It's like, well, I like this aspect of this work, but I, I don't like that. And I like what I've done here. And then you'll sort of feel into that authenticity and you sort of, it's all like a bit of a melding of styles, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, there comes a point where you do need to turn down the dial on courses and things like that. And instead of looking outward, then it becomes time to look inward. And personally, I do think that's the time when you need community and your believing mirrors and your accountability because that is more important at that stage because you need to nurture your own artistic voice at that point rather than just take info in. Yeah, let it all percolate. I like that respite period, that sitting and contemplating and looking at all the body of work that you have produced over time. I feel like that's an important aspect and I don't think it's talked about enough really because we're all about the doing and like the action and things like that. But that fallow time, the quiet time, sitting and contemplating and just looking at your artwork, you know, you can find like really useful insights and like, oh, I really like that little corner of that piece and that drip coming down and the way that the brush stroke did. Yeah. And then you sort of pick those elements. Yeah. That really resonate. And you could take photographs of those sections, for example, and make like a pin board for yourself or just blue tack them up on the wall somewhere so that you've got those references while you're actually working and then integrate them into your next artworks. I just sort of want to, I think one more note just to reiterate as well just for the people that feel like everything's been done before, it's really challenging and they feel resistance to creating work or they have a bit of fear around, 
oh, am I going to copy this artist's style like too closely or, you know, just being afraid to sort of, you know, push push your boundaries or push through and, and create work. Like we're all imitators, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. We're all imitators and we're all building upon like that knowledge that we've picked up along the way. So don't let that hold you back from making progress. Oh, Laura. Laura, by the way, offers art mentoring. What's your, what is your mentoring program at the moment? I've got one-off uh, creative coaching sessions. And then I've also got a three-month series and a six-month series. And that's a check-in every fortnight. I'm still building out my website, but maybe by the time this episode is published, those offers should be live. But send me a DM anyways, if you're wanting to have a little bit of a creative kickstart and yeah, step into your professional practice. Woohoo. And you do that online? Yeah. So it's on Zoom. And well, if you're in Ballarat, you can come to my studio, which is kind of novel. (laughs) So if you are close by, I do have coaching clients in person but usually it's just on Zoom. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Oh, thank you. I feel like we need to read a podcast review, but I have not been organised enough to log in to look at them. Is that bad? (laughs) It is, yeah, we've both in our businesses, it's picked up momentum and there's, yeah, there is really lots, but let's make a goal to uh, honour the reviews. So send us your reviews and next time when we connect, we'd love to read lovely comment and share your Instagram and help you promote your work too. Yay. And make sure that you catch a little, make a little screenshot of you listening to this podcast right now or this YouTube video and share over in your own social media stories or make a post so that we can help even more creatives. Thanks guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.